It's great to be able to build a million dollar business one time. But what if you meet someone who built a second million dollar business after closing his brick and mortar? Well, today I get to talk to one of my business mentors who has helped me in my own business so that I too can one day realize a dream of building a multi-million dollar business. And he's going to share his tips in the game of entrepreneurship of how he transitioned from a multi-million dollar brick and mortar business into a multi-million dollar online based educational business. This is going to be a great episode. You don't want to miss this. going on everyone welcome to another episode of the maximizer brand podcast and we are live today live on multiple platforms facebook linkedin and even on instagram so thank you for joining me today for this episode i'm always excited that you join me for these episodes because i love the support i love that you are tuning in to get some of this valuable information and learning how to leverage and maximize your skills and your gifts and talents into a business. And today, my guest has done just that, leveraged his skills, expertise into two multi-million dollar businesses, as well as many other things that he's doing in the entrepreneurial space. And I thought it'd be great just to have a conversation with him today, just to learn a little bit more about him as well as how he transitioned a multi-million dollar brick and mortar business into a multi-million dollar online-based educational business. But before we get started, I always like to share with you that this episode is being powered by Keep, which is the CRM that I use for the back end of my business. Every business needs a customer relation management system that allows them to put things on automation and to help you to better manage the business that you have and stay in contact and connection with your customers and potential customers. And so right after this brief commercial break around my Powered by uh, organization, we will jump into the interview with my friend, my mentor, Yachindi Nwani, known as the Millionaire Barber. Do you have a hard time keeping up with all the moving parts to your business, from sales to customer acquisition to task and follow-up tasks to marketing and even email marketing? Or maybe you have a hard time keeping up with your payments and you want to streamline that opportunity. Well, I want to recommend to you Keep. Keep is the CRM for which I use in my business, an easy sales and marketing automation software. You can easily integrate tools to simplify payments, scheduling, landing pages, and so much more. Keep sales and marketing automations work with your business to grow your sales and to save time. Build your automations in minutes using intuitive win-then templates. Build endlessly customizable processes and optimize every lead with tagging, segmenting, and activity triggers. Seamlessly connect Keep to Gmail, Outlook, PayPal, and much more. You can also connect it to Zapier, which I love having integrations that connect to over 2,500 apps. Go way beyond onboarding with Keep Experts. You have access to email them and to ask questions. Keep 
is combining your marketing automations, your sales automations, your payments and invoicing, your email marketing. You can even schedule appointments, lead capture, reporting and analytics, and even have a mobile app. I highly recommend that you try Keep for your 14-day free trial by clicking the link in today's show notes or in today's post as we are also live streaming this episode. And so check out Keep and let me know what you think. Once again, click the link in the post or click the link in the show notes. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and bring in our guest today, none other than the millionaire barber, Mr. Uchindi Nuwani. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Thank you for having me, Marquise. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, you know, at the beginning of every episode, uh, we allow you to introduce yourself. We did an interview many years ago, and I thought it'd be good just to do a follow-up interview and have you on just to talk about where you are today versus where you were about, you know, five or six years ago. So go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know how Chin shows up in the world today. Well, everybody knows me as Chin, uh, social media, me and barber. Uh, that's my superhero name. And um, I know Marquis talked about five or six years ago, but I go back 29 years ago. October 12, 1993, um, I had over a million dollars worth of cocaine coming from Miami, Florida to Nashville, Tennessee, and it had arrived on this day 29 years ago. I was the biggest cocaine dealer in Nashville. Uh, long story short, the police got the cocaine and um, I ended up in federal prison, uh, cutting hair for three cents an hour and sodas and snacks at the other prison. I got out of prison with no money, no job, no driver's license, bad credit, no credit, and a 20-hour bus ride home from Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. That was in 1995. My mama picked me up from the bus station downtown Nashville, and she took me to the federal halfway house. And I went looking for jobs. Nobody would hire me because I was a convicted drug felon, still on federal parole. But I had a barber license because I went to barber school right after high school. And so my mom brought me the clippers out to the halfway house. I immediately started back cutting hair. Uh, for anything. Some people had money to pay, some didn't. It didn't matter because I was practicing a biblical principle, you know, Luke 6 and 38. Give, it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together, running over. I was doing eyebrow arches, uh, men's feet, women's feet, you know, doing the pedicures, manicures, just everything that I had learned in school. And I enrolled back in college because I needed 42 hours to graduate. I was a senior in college, get ready to graduate. Here I am, the biggest cocaine dealer in Nashville, and I go to federal prison. But now I'm at the halfway house, and I finally got a job working at Tennessee State University on the campus, in the campus salon, and I was cutting hair there. And I remember passing out flyers. You know, we had guerrilla marketing back then. We didn't have all this social media like we have now where we can just click a button on the phone or go live or whatever. We really had to get out and work. So my mom gave me $100. And I went to Kinko's and got all these flyers printed up. And I put the flyers all over Tennessee State. And she hand wrote, ladies and gentlemen, the best barber, eyebrow arches, phase, all of this stuff. And because she was an art teacher, so she could write in calligraphy. So I got uh, on the MTA bus early that morning from the Federal Halfway House because I didn't have no car. And at this point, I'm shopping at Goodwill. I'm taking sack lunches to work because the halfway house provided that. And um, this was three years later, you know, mm. from when I had got in trouble. So there were people that were still seniors at TSU asking where I've been. I said, where, where you been? What you been doing? Because you're still a senior. I was locked up. <laughs> and so um, a lot of people started coming and to the shop, you know, and it was two ladies in there. And so I would go around campus and I would, you know, find just anybody, the sororities or frat people. I might cut their hair for free or do her eyebrows for free, you know, AK or Delta or Q or, or an alpha man like Markeith here. Cause you know, them alpha man, they, the alphas and the, um, I believe it was the Sigmas, 
you know, they like impeccable. They was the pretty boys at TSU. So I knew they wanted a haircut, nice beard trim. They would stay fresh. And so, but you got that cute dog, uh, that purple up there, Marquis. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, I would do them, then they would go back and tell everybody. See, if you do people right, do a good job, they're going to tell people. And then your, your work speaks for itself. Yeah. So started making about $200 a day mm-hmm. cutting hair and doing eyebrow arches. And then I would go to the TSU downtown, downtown campus, Avon Williams, and I was finishing my studies up because I promised my mom I'd go back to college and finish. So now, but when I came home from federal prison, November 15th, 1995, I got released. November 16th, 1995, I touched down in Nashville. I had a piece of paper. I wrote down my goals. Mm. When you write your goals down, write them down as if you've already achieved them. Those goals said, I'm enjoying graduating from college. I'm enjoying becoming a multi-millionaire. I'm enjoying buying my mom a mansion. I'm enjoying owning a, a barber school. I'm enjoying owning millions of dollars in real estate. Now I showed my mama that. And I asked her a few months ago if she remembered that. And she said, yeah, chill, I remember that. And I recorded it with my cell phone and I had that video. And I said, mama, what did you think? She said, I don't know, Chin. I thought she was just dreaming. (laughs) And friends, all of them thought that I was crazy. They thought I had been institutionalized. But Mm. you got to speak in the spirit world. See, you you can't speak in the physical world. And a lot of y'all are walking by sight instead of faith. Mm. Faith is something that you cannot see. But what did God tell you? So now I'm cutting hair. What am I doing with that money? I'm living at the halfway house below my means. I'm not talking to no females. I'm not buying no designer stuff, not going out to eat, not doing any of that. If you save your money, your money will save you. Cause we didn't have this Instagram stuff where all these people doing credit and you can go to all these different places and get money and SBA. What none of that back then, if it was, we didn't know about it as, as our people. So I had to save my money. So now after about a year, I had about $40,000 saved. Hmm. I wasn't buying anything. See, a lot of times, yo, when your outflow exceeds your inflow, your upkeep will be your downfall. So a lot of wow. us trying to keep up with the Joneses and all of that stuff. No. So now, what do I do? I got to think. I'm sitting in Dr. Melissa Lyons' class at Tennessee State University, and I was business administration. That was my major, and I took uh, 42 hours in a year, 18 a semester, and six that summer. That's 42. Now, when I told people I was going to do that, they said, you can't do that. Don't let people tell you what you can and cannot do. Someone's opinion of you is none of your business. I was taking 18 hours a semester back in 90, 91, 92, 93, when I was selling cocaine, running a multi-million dollar operation, running multiple women, partying, doing all that, and taking 18 hours a semester. Now, I wasn't doing any of that. Mm -hmm. So when I, I, I cut everybody off. Y'all gonna have to cut some people off. Like we say in the black church, y'all gonna have to cut some folk off. Family members, friends, it does not matter. I had to cut everybody off. All of my friends sold cocaine or sold weed. All of them totaled a pistol. You know, that was part of their attire. You know how we put on the shirt every day? Part of their attire was their wallet and their pistol. They just went with them. So I couldn't be around that. So I cut everybody off. Of course, when you cut people off, oh, you monkey. Oh, you don't mess with us no more. You think you this and that. No, my mind is totally focused. You know, I done got closer to God and I'm doing a lot of things different. Personal development. You know, I'm reading all these different books. Jim Rohn, Bob Proctor, uh, Wallace Waddles, you know, the richest. I could name, go on and on. You name it, I've read it. So now I'm in a different mind frame. I'm waking up every morning feeding my spirit. Was it tough? Yes. Mm -hmm. My pride, I had to let go of my pride. You have to understand, I was the biggest cocaine dealer. Not not no eight balls, you know, 3.5 or 16, 1.5 or a quarter ounce, you know, seven grams, a half ounce, 14 grams, 28 grams, a whole ounce, a quarter key, you know, nine ounces, 252 grams, a half a key, you know, 18 ounces, 504 grams, a whole key, 2.2. I was a key dealer, a brick dealer. I wasn't breaking anything down. So I was making a lot of money, so much money, I didn't even have time to count it. 
I would weigh it. I knew how much a thousand twenties weigh. Each mm. meal was the same. So I'd get the trash bags, put it on the scale. I knew a thousand one hundreds when it got to that certain weight. That's a thousand one hundred. That's how I would count my money. But we're not going to even talk about that lifestyle. Y'all get the millionaire. It's comic book if you want to know about that. But so now I'm saving my money. I opened up a little beeper place. Why did I open a beeper place? Beepers were popping back then. Everybody wanted a beeper. I opened it up right across from the projects out South Nashville, out South. That's what we would call it. Now, the people in the hood, they called it Lafayette. But the, the articulate, educated people like Marquise, they called it Lafayette. You know, Marquise is <laughs> very educated, proper. He was Mr. Kentucky and all. So he would say, Mark. Uh, Lafayette, but I'm from the hood, Lafayette, Lafayette, okay? So I'm from Lafayette, <laughs> a little bitty raggedy And we're talking about Nashville here, people, so. Yeah, we're, we're talking yeah. about Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. You know, now, this little raggedy building, it didn't even have a bathroom, and I called it South Pageant because it was out South Nashville. Everybody in the hood, they would come over there and buy their beepers. Some people's buying beepers couldn't even read or write because I tell them, fill out this form, and they'll say, well, I, I'm going to wait. I'll be back. And I told my mama that. And she said, well, Chin, a lot of them probably can't read. And so I started filling it out for them. So now I'm selling all these beepers. You know, I go around enterprises, passing out flyers, South Page and all that. That did good. But I always wanted to get to school. So now I told you I didn't have a bathroom in there. My stomach was bubbling because you know, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, where we got hot chicken, chitlins, you know, you got sweats, Monique's, Little C's, all of that type of stuff, hot water cornbread, the oxtails. I'm eating all that crap back then, although I don't eat any of that now. My stomach started bubbling. I was not going to make it down the street to the bathroom. I had to lock that door. And do number two in there, close the bag up, wipe my behind, take it out to the trash can, and come back in and put the open sign on. When I had to use the bathroom, you know, I couldn't even drink a lot of water. You know, I'm drinking this gallon of water because I want to get my six-pack like, like Marquise. He done inspired me. I'd have to urinate in a Coke bottle. And I'm only sharing this with you all because it does not matter how you start. What matters is how you finish. And a lot of y'all are not willing to plant the seeds and water it and do what you got to do to get where you want to be. And in order to get where you want to be, you're going to have to do some things that's uncomfortable. You may not have to go to that extreme, but I didn't grow up privileged. Nobody in my family had money. You know, nobody in our family had ever made a million dollars or whatever. We, we grew up with the, the um, food stamps. You remember the food stamps? Uh, with the, the dollar food stamps, you know, the paper food stamps and the big block of government cheese, the powdered eggs, the powdered milk. And we had the community center where you shoot pool, play basketball, skate on Saturday. They had the swimming pool and stuff. And they had the free lunches in the summer. That's how we grew up. Wasn't no buying no designer stuff. That, that was just out of the ordinary. That's how I grew up out North Nashville, you know, three to a bedroom. But now... Back to what I was doing, the Beaver Place. Then I said, I'm going to get me a school. So I started working at a barbershop too, hard time. There's 24 hours in a day. You can sleep when you go to heaven. You don't need no sleep now. Bunny never sleeps. You don't deserve to be watching football, Tennessee Titans, Dallas Cowboys, and all that. You need to be on your vision. See, when God gives you a dream, a vision, you don't even want to watch football. You don't even want to watch basketball. You don't want to sit in, in the barbershop and talk about how many points they made. When God gives you that vision, if he really gives you that vision and you believe in it, you're not going to have distractions. When Nehemiah was building the wall, you don't have time for distractions or put people in their place. Let me tell you something. A general does not respond to a soldier. An eagle doesn't respond to a duck. People shoot at eagles but they feed pigeons, expect to be shot at. Everybody's talking about me. I caused all this embarrassment. Just think my stepdad was a pastor, Dr. Reverend Eden Jones. He had a church. He had a, a street named after him right off Jefferson Street. When I got in trouble, my whole family suffered. My mom suffered. Not only did I go to prison, my sister went to prison. 
Mm. She was going to be a nurse, a neonatal nurse. Her dream was shattered. Wow. Because of me. So I caused a lot of heartache and pain. And I used to always talk about people who committed suicide. I said they were selfish. I said they were weak and all of that. You never know. You may be in that person's shoes. I contemplated suicide. The only thing that stopped me from killing myself, my mama, I visualized myself in the casket, Lewis and Wright funeral home, Richard Lewis and Ricky and Tony having my body. And my mom sitting on the front row, reaping, weeping and crying with me in my black suit and white shirt and red tie laying down. That was the only reason why I didn't take myself out. And I was, I was serious because I was Marquise trying to think about how am I going to kill myself? I thought about shooting myself in the head. But then I'm thinking if I survive, I might look like the elephant man, John Havlicek. And then, and this is real. I put that in my book, The Millionaire Ex Convict. I thought about jumping off the Bardo Bridge. Of course, mm. Marquise would say, it's not Bardo, it's Bordeaux. Bordeaux. <laughs> Bardo, where I come from. But I'm thinking, well, I can swim because I grew up, you know, about Louis Center. Everybody in the hood can swim. Nobody in the hood cannot swim. We all went and taught ourselves pretty much how to swim. So now I'm thinking, I need a painless death because mm. I don't like pain. So I'm thinking, well, I can take some pills. And then I said, well, now I'll do bicarbon monoxide while I go in the garage and just turn up my mom's black Cadillac on and just sit out there. Cause I saw that on TV where you could just inhale the carbon monoxide. Mm. And when I went out there, the day I was deciding to do it, I went outside that door and I heard somebody over there weeping and crying mm. and talking to God saying, please don't take my baby and give him another chance. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I went back inside real quick and my mom didn't hear me. That was the day that I decided I can't kill myself. I'm just going to have to fight this and deal with this. For two years, I'm fighting this case. And I was guilty 100%. Couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. I went from 175, 80 pounds to down to 125 pounds. I look like a crackhead. You know how they be walking out North Nashville real fast and like it and looking. And that's how I look. My head is already big and shiny, so you can imagine how I look. It was like a lollipop. And y'all can read all about all that in the book, but back to the Bieber place. So I go get, you know, work part-time in the barbershop. Haircut's about 5 and $7 back then. So I'm cutting half. The guy decides to sell the shop, uh, Demo. There are more. Now that dude, he even gave me some clothes when I got out of prison. And I thanked him. i never forget that. And um, he was ready to sell the shop. All the other guys who had been out here in the free world, they was going to the strip joints, tricking, doing all this stuff. They didn't even have $9,000 or $8,000 out of the shop. I had been saving my little money. I hadn't been out of prison in two years. I bought the shop. Now they're paying me booth rent. But the goal was to get this school. I didn't know how I was going to open that school. How? Mm -hmm. No information. Whatever. But I'm going to tell y'all something. If you speak it and you believe it, God will put people in your life, in your pathway to help you. Whatever you speak, whether it's positive or negative, the universe will bring it to you. It was not by happenstance that I met Miss Velma, this Caucasian lady who was the best, booming, got in our program. She mentored me. If y'all don't remember nothing on this podcast or this live right now, the quickest way to the top, find someone that's been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. Success leaves clues. Listen to them. Even if you don't understand, listen to them. Even if you don't agree with them, listen to them. They know something. Don't be listening to your family, your broke, negative family members and friends. They don't know nothing. If they did, they'd be up here. Okay? Think about that. So now... So let me, let me let me stop you there because I know you keep going. You you in the story. So you you you've gone from the time that you were in college, the time that you were selling drugs, time that you got busted. Now we're uh, the time that 
You moved into cutting hair, part-time, selling beepers, having the opportunity to buy the store or, or, or rent the particular store out to others. But you made a transition from doing those things into pursuing the opportunity of starting your own school. Why was that important to you as you go into that story? That was important because I hurt my family. Hmm. And the only way for me to have felt good for, for myself was for me to have a business that would generate a whole lot of money to be able to take care of my mama and retire my mama and give her the things that she deserved. When I was in that prison by myself, she wrote me every week those cards and letters and I hurt her so bad and I hurt my sister bad. I destroyed her career. She can never be a nurse because mm. she's a convicted cocaine dealer, conspiracy, and never did any of that. So I knew if I got that school, and that was the only thing that I knew how to do. I, I couldn't be a doctor, a lawyer, or anything else, a Fortune 500 company, you know, CEO. What was going to bring me millions of dollars? A school owner, and I couldn't play football and basketball and run a 4-4-40 and dance like Michael Jackson and all them people. So the only opportunity that I had was that school. And I know the school had minimum input with the possibility of maximum output. See, being a barber, exchanging time for money, you're going to be broke. That's the lowest level of wealth to exchange time for money. Mm. So I knew that with the school, I wasn't going to be exchanging time for money too long. It was called short-term pain a long-term gain because have the school, sacrifice, find a small building, something you can afford and manage for three years. Why three years? Because after the third year, you can get accredited. What does that mean? That means you can receive federal funding. Mm -hmm. The government never runs out of money. So that gave me the opportunity to get $20,000 per student. Mm -hmm. Now you're getting $20,000 per student, all the haircuts, shampoos, relaxers, the people that come into the school and get a service, the students have to do that. The student does not get paid. 100% of that money goes to the school owner. You buy your kits and books wholesale, like I used to get cocaine wholesale, retail it to the students, retail it to the public. So while a barber or a hairstylist or nail tech, they're going to die behind the chair. Mm. They're going to be an old man or old lady, still behind the chair, exchanging time for money, broke down body, but a school owner. Three years, you get a credit. It's like going to college three years, then boom, you go pro. I had a school 20 years. I did over $20 million. All of my friends and people that I notice in the beauty industry, guess what that? Behind the chair, broke down. Okay? Living from paycheck to paycheck. So with that school, you got to think big. And I, while I was in prison, who makes the most money? Who's the most successful in this industry? It was school owners. See, this was years ago, you know, when they had Dudley, Joe Dudley, people like that, long time ago. This was before Paul Mitchell's school. You know, they had Paul Mitchell products, but it was before Paul Mitchell schools too. So um, that's why I decided to do a school. I mean, if I do eight hours a day in the shop and you do eight hours a day working your school, three years from now, I'm still going to be in the shop. Three years from now, you'll be accredited, getting all this government money. You can hire people. Now you're living a life of time freedom and financial freedom. Think about that. So that's why I did the school. Had the school 20 years. Then the, the internet came out. You know, the internet was real big and stuff. And I noticed where people were taking their knowledge. But even before the internet, I had a CD-ROM because I used to see those real estate people selling packages, the carpet and sheets program and all of that type of stuff. So I had a school blueprint program with a CD-ROM and I traveled to all the hair shows. And, and I there was a guy, it was a newspaper. Back then we had newspapers and it was a Sunday's paper and it had how a dirt poor, redneck, trailer trash guy became a millionaire selling real estate. It grabbed my attention. It was like the Dan Kennedy copy. And I said, darn, how ex-convict 
in prison, cutting out for three cents, got out and made millions. So that's when I started going to the hair shows. I had the same concept presentation and I would sell that CD-ROM. So now when the information world came out, people were selling their gifts, talents, and knowledge. Well, I ain't have no talent because I can't cut no hair. Just because I'm licensed, there's no way I can get Marquis beard like that. A beard is the hardest thing to cut, y'all. Any barber knows that and any man that wears a beard, he ain't gonna let just anybody touch his beard because it, that thing has to be right. So I had information from my mentor, Miss Velma. I knew how to open a school, how to become a credit, how to get government money. I do that like the back of my hands in my sleep because I trained with her. You know, she trained me for years and I would go to the NACAS conferences, the accreditation, federal government conferences, all of that. So all of that stuff became embedded and memorized and I took that information and turned that into a digital platform. I recorded everything step by step by step. Mm. And then I had manuals. And my manuals were, you could be dumb as a box of rocks. The manual would be step one, open the front door. Step two, cut the alarm off. Step three, cut the light on. Step four, put the thermostat on 70. Step five, put the music on 92.1 or whatever. It was that detail. So if and, you we, know, and we call those SOPs, standard operation procedures, right? See, I don't know nothing about what he just said. <laughs> I call it a little manual, a little checklist thing, but yes, an SOP, standard operating procedures. <laughs> yeah. And so, and the reason why I haven't stopped you, because I want, I want you to share your story. I want you to be able to, you know, tell that process, but there are things that are in place in between those steps that helped you to, to build uh, where you are today, you know, and, it, and it's not overnight success. A lot of times we see people on their chapter 10 when we're starting our chapter one and thinking that we're going to potentially skip all the chapters and just get to 10. And yeah, a mentor can help you to skip some of those steps or expedite some of those steps, not skip them. But you have to go through the steps in order to get to the destination and you are willing to, to go through those steps. And so after starting the school, because I think it's important for people to understand this, that after 20 years of the school, seasons changed in your life and the industry changed when it comes to uh, business and the ability to market yourself differently. And the reason why this part is important to me is because that's what I do, teaching people how do you take your skills and your knowledge and build a business around that level of expertise that you have created over the years, whether that's from a corporate nine to five position, going into coaching, speaking, or consulting, or if you were an entrepreneur who built a barber school, how do I now take that same knowledge to be able to educate other people who are interested in uh, the a type of business that I was interested in because I have the expertise to be able to teach people that. And so what made you decide to uh, change you know, your business model when you were already making great money? You said you made over $20 million to this business model of being online and teaching other people how to start a school? Honestly, I was tired of dealing with people. Mm. I was, I had, I had a lot of businesses. I had schools, shops, halfway houses. I've had a lot of stuff, but I felt like a fireman putting out fires, dealing with this people, dealing with that. Every time something went wrong, yeah, you may have a, president, vice president, whoever in place manager, but you know what? They still be calling you, worrying the heck out of you. And I felt like I was about to go crazy and have a nervous breakdown while everybody's looking at you. You have this business and money and stuff. They not knowing that you dying inside. Hmm. I wasn't enjoying all of that. So I wanted to get away from people. I didn't even want to deal with people. I got where I hated going to work. I did. It, it, it was like sickening to me to even get up and go and even deal with the people. And so I wanted out, really. 
And with the digital world, I was noticing, because I would listen to Andrew One on Mixergy, where these people, they make a whole lot of money, but all they had was this. This was their business, and they could be anywhere in the world. It was so, it seemed too good to be true. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a scam that people could make that much money, but not only that much money, just have that much free time. Right. With nobody worrying about you. And then y'all made a lot of money, but I had a lot of bills. Anybody that has mm. a brick and water, you got light bill, water bill, rent, gas bill, alarm bill, taxes, uh, the employees, workman's comp, you have all types of stuff. Everybody always talks about how much money they made. Okay, but they never tell you what their expenses were. Mm-hmm. See, see, with this digital world, I yeah. know numbers. Something okay, they done brought in all this money, and all they got is a platform, and they just people can pull out their credit card, get in their wallet, pull a credit card out, pay, click the link, money goes in your bank account, and it sends them a username and password. You just made that money. That's called a machine is gonna work 24-7, 365. People are not going to work like that for you. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't get jealous of you. It doesn't steal from you. It doesn't hate on you. So I love that space. That's why I wanted to transition from that. It wasn't to make a whole lot of money. I just wanted a peace of mind and have time freedom. There's a lot of people that's got all these businesses making a lot of money, but how much time do you have with your mother? How much time you have with your wife or your husband or your kids or your grandmother? Right. And and I know a lot of people, their parents were dying because I was getting older and their mamas and people were dying. I want to spend more time with my mama. We we live together right now. Mm -hmm. It's been the greatest thing for me to be, for us to live together. Me just going to the fast food place, getting her a biscuit, a just going out with her, just being around the house, just sitting around talking with her. That's just priceless. And to still have this machine going 24-7-365, people are buying something that I used to give away for free. Yeah. Think about that. Everybody that's getting paid for something, even very high, they used to do it for free. Floyd Mayweather used to box for free. Mm-hmm. LeBron James used to play basketball for free. Steve Hart used to tell jokes for free. Kevin Hart did too so God gives everybody some type of gift or talent. And even if you do not have a gift or talent like me, he will give you some specialized knowledge from you working, doing something for years and years and years. Now you're thinking that it's nothing. Oh, ain't nobody going to buy this for me. I'm telling you the knowledge that you have what you take for granted as nothing or nobody's gonna buy that do you realize that's your million dollars that's your million dollars a lot of people don't believe in that but see i don't have a choice i haven't had a job in 34 years i have not had a job since i was 17 years old because you know i was cutting hair then i went to college then i you know the cocaine dealer and i got busted so conspiracy distributing cocaine so i'm a convicted drug fella so if i did get a job I'd have a little name right here, a little khaki shirt and hat on and all that. No, I'm a, I'm a king. I'm a child of God. Anything is possible. You can do all things through Christ with strength to you. And when I did the school and got accredited and got all that government money, a lot of it, I was still on federal parole, going to see my PO every month. Of course, Marquis, you don't know what a PO is. That's a probation officer because you've been a good man all your life. <laughs> so... I think this is a good segue, you know, so that we can hone in on some tips around, you know, how do we now, you know, whether I'm in corporate America today or I am, I have a small business, brick and mortar business, uh, or I have a school, you know, what are the steps a person needs to take if they like you? You know, one of the reasons why after I got laid off in 2014 and I decided not to go back into the corporate space was because I knew that I wanted to do more with my life. I knew that I wanted to have more time to do the things that I was passionate about. 
And I had to search within myself, well, what were the things that I took for granted? And one of those things uh, was public speaking, that I had always been received accolades around my dictation and my ability to speak and tell stories and to share. And so I decided in college, I had decided I wanted to do be a professional speaker, but it wasn't until 2014 where I really decided that I want to create a business around my ability to teach and to speak and to share with others. And so what are the steps that you would uh, take somebody through who wants to start a online knowledge-based business uh, with their expertise, skills, and talent? The first thing I would do, I would start looking at people who you aspire to be like. Mm-hmm. I would go to their social media pages and just look, just be a fly on the wall and observe what they're doing. That That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then if you're more serious and you want to skip the line, like at Disney World, you can get a fast pass where you yeah. pay extra or whatever. If you want to do that, then research all the people out there to make sure they're the real deal, look at uh, their testimonials, contact those people that say they got help from that person because it's easily contact them. We have Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So you can contact anybody and find out. And then after that- Well, before you go to that next step, why is this, why is coaching or mentoring so important? Many of us, like I, we went to school and spent thousands of dollars for degrees in education. And many of us are not even working in the fields we went to school for. But when it comes to coaching and finding the person that can help expedite our process towards the thing that we want to do, many of us are hesitant. Why is it so important to do that step, to find somebody? And I like to say, find somebody who's doing what you want to do on the level that you want to do it on. Because uh, it's TM, T-E-M, it's going to save you time, energy, and money. Mm. Time, energy, and money. Finding your coach. How do I really find the right coach? Is it based on the testimonials, people's results? That's one part. Going to their page, studying, mm-hmm. looking what they've done. First, see what they've done. I mean, it's like finding a personal trainer. Do they have a six pack? You, you're not going to go to one that look like Santa Claus. Okay. Do the, the people that they train, what's their story? Did they used to be like Santa Claus and now they're like this? Did they help this person? How does that person look? Did they help another one some more? Go to their pages. That's good. So That's good. the Bible says, judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. If they ain't mm. bearing no fruit, they ain't got no fruit. Don't fool with them. Don't pay no money. Uh, as he goes through these next steps, if you have questions, type those in the comments and we'll be sure to share those on the screen and have Chen to answer those. So step three, after I find the mentor, after I do that investigation, uh, what will be next? Pam, hmm. that's a problem. Everybody will pay for designer stuff, food, cars. You pay the right mentor, you can buy as many houses and cars and eat as many five-star restaurants as you want. A lot of times, we don't want to invest in ourselves. You're not investing in the mentor. The, the people that's got these programs, the real ones, they don't need your money. They already mm. Miss Velma did not need my money. I needed her. I wanted to get where she was. This lady had a big old house, a heated swimming pool. She had the life that I wanted. Yes, the, the, the school that I wanted. So if that person has the body that you want, they know certain things to eat, when to eat, when not to eat. Markeith weighs all his food. And I mean, he knows stuff. He talks about micros or micrams. I don't even know what he's talking about and everything with this weight stuff. And he tells you to drink your water so they can give you the shortcut. And so I'd rather, what you're doing is buying back the rest of your time. We only hear for a limited amount of time time waits on no one so why not spend a little bit so you can buy back the rest of your time not your time your freedom a job you're in prison on a job they tell you when you can eat when you can go to the bathroom you're a grown person you got to ask when you can get off of work can you get off for the holidays can you go see your kids play no 
I want freedom. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so we we start the research. Is it important for us to know whether or not the thing that we want to do, uh, knowledge based wise, as a consultant, as a coach, or as an online course creator? if it's marketable first or do we just pursue it and create the market? No, I would do my research first. I wouldn't just dive into the water without checking the alligators and all that, because you got to see if there is a market for it. If people have this problem or this pleasure for, well, I'm going to sell DVDs. I don't care if you're the greatest salesman in the world, there's no market for DVDs. So you have to do, your research and you first of all you gotta look at yourself mm-hmm. what are you great at what's your story that's what you have to look at and you want to you want to maybe do your business around your story because people are not buying your product first right they're buying you first mm, that's good that's good so i would think about that and just start giving value giving value by facebook instagram youtube just be just give stuff freely give all the value you can help people for free luke 6 and 30 give it shall be given unto you press down shame together running forward if you do that what's going to happen you're going to become known for that one thing see a lot of y'all trying and i gotta tell y'all this don't go for passion first Mm. go for profit you know people always say you do your passion you never work a day in your life and all that let me tell y'all something if i work my passion i'd be a broke fat black dude because i love traveling i love eating good food so i could not go for my passion my passion was not going to give me no money my passion was not going to pay these bills i went for profit now every now and then god blesses you where your passion can be basketball michael jordan kobe or whatever and it will bring you the riches or whatever but a lot of people passion is gonna make you poor okay mm-hmm. so you you gotta think real close and don't let people fill your head up with this and don't let people tell you well you need to be doing this no well what did god tell you what are you great at not what are you good at what are you great at what are you better than what are you in the top one percent in the world at you could put me on jeopardy and no one could go against me with asking questions about opening the school becoming a credit and getting government money i beat i, I would beat everybody that's what you need to be known at not the person that has ten thousand moves what have you practiced what move have you practiced ten thousand times that's the person the karate dude i'm scared of the one that's practiced that one move ten thousand times not the one that know ten thousand moves because he's gonna be sorry at all of them so what is that one thing the niches and the riches yeah and you tell me that all the time because i seem to have a lot of things that i do instead of focusing on the one thing that I that I know that nobody really could do better than me, you know, because I'm me. And there's a book out there called The One Thing, that if you focus on the one thing, and I know many of us are multifaceted in many ways, and we're not saying that you can't even do those things. But I'd like to share that story around Oprah Winfrey. Before she closed out her 25 years as a talk show host on the Oprah Winfrey show, she started the own network. And if you remember in the papers during that time, uh, the own network was really struggling and suffering. She went through several CEOs, even Gail King was a CEO and it just was not doing that great until Oprah ended the show and put all of her attention and time into building that network and ultimately ended up selling off shares to, I I believe it was Disney. But it helped me to understand that as powerful, as innovative as Oprah was, she still couldn't make two things successful at the same time. And so focusing on that one thing is very important. Now, I know a lot of people, as you move into developing your knowledge base uh, company 
and and leveraging your skills, we have sometimes a problem putting a price point on those things. How do we start to properly price our services? Because I know we all start, you know, sometimes low uh, and we mature to the point of charging what we believe that the product or service is worth. But how do people start to really grapple in their heads around putting the right price point on their service or product? If they just start out, you need to be giving, doing it for free mm. because you need some wins. Okay. If you, if, if you don't have no wins, you have no social proof. Who have you helped? At mm. least if you, even if you help 10 people and did it for free, the world doesn't know that. Right. If, Keith helped these 10 people. Marquise Brayden helped me do this. Marquise Brayden did that. If you had a highlight reel with them five or 10 people and you put that on social media, people be saying, wow, that Marquise dude, he sure is great. So I would have some social proof, do it for free for some people. Well, I'm not going to do that. It's called planting a seed. You're not mm. in the picking fruit season. A lot of y'all want to go straight to picking fruit. Plant mm. the seed. It's planting season. Do it for free. And it's not for free. It's an investment because that one person who you may change their life, transform their life, people will look at them. Well, Darren, how did you do that? How so? If you did the nappiest, headiest person's hair in the church, and your hairstyle is the ugliest woman, and you made her pretty, her hair, her makeup, and you're a hairstylist, and you gave that woman some business cards, guess what would happen? People would start, oh, hey, if she made sister uh, <laughs> Howard look like that, even the church folk did, would be talking about that. Sister Gertrude McLean or Dessa Walker, did you see her? <laughs> so that's why I say to get some social proof because people mm -hmm. out here trying to sell stuff with no social proof. With no social so, proof. You must have trust. There's a book, The Speed of Trust, and KLT, No Like and Trust. If people don't trust you, and I'm from the streets, even selling cocaine. or what, I don't care if you came in our neighborhood with a bricks of cocaine. If we didn't know you, guess what? We were not going to even accept it for free because you might be the police. So you have to build up trust. Go live, have a free Facebook group and just give. If you give so much value when they're ready to do business with you, they're going to pick you. My foot my foot hurt for about a couple, almost a month. I thought it was some glass in it. Mm. And I went on social media and this man was talking about all the different things that could be wrong with your foot. He was just giving out so much value. Guess who I went to go see for my foot? That doctor. Come to find out, I had a virus in my foot. Wow. Never heard of that. Didn't even think it could be one but because that man had been giving out so much value even at click funnels it was a people they hadn't sold not one chocolate chip cookie and they got the click funnels the two comic club with me how could they get a million dollar funnel make millions of dollars chocolate chip cookies or whatever this husband and wife team are in the kitchen every day giving value teaching people how to cook and guess what people were buying their cookbooks buying their cooking videos mm -hmm. so but a lot of times we don't want to plant a seed well we don't yeah. want to help people for free first you got to do that first yeah that's good so i have a comment here from one of our listeners it says i truly believe what we know is worth more than what we do i love where this combo is going i want to expand my knowledge-based business so good absolutely we also have uh Chelsea Summers, she says, what about a business that provides products? You can only give away so much product. Okay, with the product, I'll use Jasmine, Atlanta hat doctor. She's done $2 million. She did a million in less than probably 10 months. I worked with her. She was one of my coach's students. First, what you want to do, you don't even want to have a product. That's mm. the first step. The first thing is, we did a job for them, a quiz funnel. So these women, her target market could take this quiz so she could find out these women's problems and pains. This product was for the hair. She didn't have a product yet. So the women told her, 
their problems and pain what they have. And then we had a question. If you could wave a magic wand, how would you solve it? You know, my hair is dry, my scalp, my hair won't grow, and I'm thinning the edges. And then the women told them, well, I want a shampoo or conditioner that does this or does that in the oil. She got about 900 women to fill that out. And it started becoming redundant over and over and over. They were saying some of the same things. We took those exact words that the women were saying. Now we're talking about copywriting. Because mm-hmm. see, people say things in slang and all of that. We use that same Ebonic slang on building that funnel. And I had Jasmine to call each woman back. When they filled out that quiz funnel, she called them back, building up no like and trust. There was nothing to sell. Now, guess what? She knew the exact product to sell. She knew the exact ingredients she needed. She needed, we knew the exact copy to put out there. So now we built the list. So now when we had the product, guess what? It's sold like that. But most of you all do things in reverse. You want to do this product because you like it or just because your family members and friends bought it. No, they bought it because they like you. Right. You're not going to get it off of them. So that's how you do a product. Because you may say, well, I like steak. So I'm going to open up a steakhouse. It's not about what you like. Okay, go open up this big old steakhouse, the best steak in the world. You even get that dude to sprinkle that stuff on the steak, how we see on Instagram. No one buys a steak. Now you decide to do what Markeith would say, R&D, research and development. And you find out that the community are a bunch of vegans or pescatarians. See, you should have done your, like my mom says, when you use have a had, you should have done your homework. That's why we did the quiz funnel first. That's why you need a coach because they'll break all that stuff. If Jessica hadn't had a coach, she wouldn't have made that money that fast. Should have been like all the other people who come out with their own product line, flop. So good. So good. I mean, we could talk about a lot of different things. Uh, but as we as we come to a close, you mentioned the Two Comma Club Award. What is that award, and how do you receive that award? That's the ClickFunnels Two Comma Award. That club, if you do a million dollars with one funnel, they'll give you this award, this plaque. You get in twelve months, up. right? Yeah, in twelve months, um, all online or whatever. So you get the picture with Russell Brunson. So it just makes you certified. You know, I'm the only beauty professional in the whole world. I'm the first one, and I'm the only one to ever receive that award. And ClickFunnels is a a funnel technology uh, company that helps you to build your sales pages and sell your products and services. And you receive this award, this Two Comma Club Award, if you did a million dollars in 12 months. Well, as we come to a close, uh, Chelsea also asked, she says, do you mentor? Yeah. I got a program. Awesome. And how, how, do, how do people get in contact with you if they're interested in mentorship? Millionaire Barber. They go to Millionaire Barber, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, millionairebarber at gmail.com, millionairebarber.com. Mm-hmm. Mark taught me about that branding. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, Chen, you know, I appreciate the conversation today, you know, sharing people with your story, giving us some tips and the steps that we need to take if we really want to transition. You know, I'm also uh, someone who is always desiring to help what I believe to be those corporate professionals who are high performing in their careers, but they're ready to take the leap into doing something that they believe is more impactful as a coach, consultant, or speaker. And so if you're interested in learning more about how I can potentially help you, all you have to do is go to markeithbrain.com and click on the schedule a consultation with me. But before we go, what parting words would you like to leave with the people uh, today? Well, I mean, every, a lot of people want to make money online. And I would just say, find a mentor or coach. And even I know a lot of these coaches are very expensive and high level. Join a, a membership. There are some good memberships. We have a membership where I've taken all of my video trainings and put them in there. They monthly membership. And you can do it. 
you can do it. It doesn't matter how smart you are. How, if you've got one special thing, you can record it with your cell phone. I didn't use a team for anything. The only thing I use is this cell phone and this computer. That's it. So you can do it. And I thank you, Marquis. You can do it. And I don't know if you caught what he said, that he didn't use a team or a bunch of employees and did over a million dollars in 12 months with his educational knowledge-based business. Where can you do that at other than right now in the season of technology and the information age? I was reading my book uh, today. It's called Millionaire Fastlane. And he mm -hmm. talks about the difference between uh, the slow lane professional and the fast lane professional. And he teaches you on what it means to be in the fast lane and why it's important for you to get to that millionaire status as fast as possible. But there's some things that you have to do in order to do that. But it's a totally different philosophy around money and how we typically think in this world. So, Chen, once again, thank you. For those of you who are visiting the podcast for the very first time, I invite you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify and subscribe to the podcast, the Maximize Your Brand podcast, where we provide an episode each and every week. There are over 200 episodes already in the tank that you can listen to, various interviews as well as solo. Maximize Your Brand with Mark Keith Brayton podcast. So thank you for joining me today. I hope that there were some nuggets that you were able to gain. Those of you who will be listening to the replay, type hashtag replay in the comments and make sure that you share with me what you thought about today's episode. Those of you listening on the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, so on and so forth, be sure to leave me a rating and review and let me know what you thought about the podcast. But until next time, just remember this, always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care.